Everybody say the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are character traits or behaviors or ways that we live our life that will be common to our lives when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. So when, so when we're following Jesus and when we're in line with what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, these things called the fruit of the Spirit come out of us. Amen? It's when we let Jesus guide our lives. And so we have a scripture that we've been talking about. It's Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Can we throw it up there? Is it there? Sweet. All right. This is our scripture for the next, I think, four more weeks, counting today. So three more after this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So these are the things that if we are living into with the Holy Spirit, these are things that people will notice in us. They'll, they'll notice that we are loving. They'll notice that we have joy. They no, they'll notice that we're peaceful. Who's ever met like a really peaceful person? You're like, wow, you're just so peaceful, right? Some people are all wound up and stressed, and that's okay, but, but we've we got to strive to be peaceful, amen? Patience. Anybody struggle with patience? Sometimes I do. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all good things. Last week we talked about love and joy. Who was here last week? Raise your hand if you were here last week. We talked about love and joy. Oh, such great things, right? And how those things should be constant in our lives. To love everyone always and to be filled with joy even in the hardest circumstances. That's tough. To be filled with joy when life sucks, <laughs> right? That's tough. Anybody, anybody with me? Right? When life sucks, it's hard to be filled with joy. But, that, but that's what's going to separate us from everybody else. What's going to make you different from just every other person is that if you follow Jesus, even in the toughest circumstances, you can find joy. And even against, and even with the hardest people in life, you can learn to love them. Amen? Jesus talks about how each of us will be known by our fruit. We talked about this a little bit last week. That people can pretend to be whoever they want to be, but eventually the truth comes out because of how we live our lives. It reminds me, who's ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Anybody? So it's been a long time, so I might be getting this wrong, but we've got some Wizard of Oz people in here that probably correct me. But I remember at the end, if I, if I'm wrong, correct me. But from what I remember, at the end, or when they get to the the this big palace, right, the the Wizard of Oz, right, they they or whatever it is, the Emerald City. There we go. Well, thank you. So they they walk in. And when they walk in, there's this big booming voice, and it's this big scary like encounter. And then all of a sudden, behind the curtain walks this like little, like frail little man, right, who's like insecure and things like that. And that's the Wizard of Oz. Is that correct? Is that basically what happened? But that's how so many of us are, right? We put on this big show and have this big loud voice, and then when people pull back the curtain, all of a sudden they find out who we really are. And if and if from the very beginning the Wizard of Oz would have just owned up to who he was then he wouldn't have had to put on this big show. Amen? It's like, who's ever seen Chicken Little? Anybody seen Chicken Little? The sky is falling, right? So, so there's like these UFOs and the sky is falling, all this crazy stuff. And, and these aliens come down on, on Earth and Chicken Little's freaking out, running around with the underwear on his head and stuff. And, and, and then I, I believe they, they get like, Chicken Little gets like, sucked up into the into the spaceship. And they get into this main place and they walk in and it's like this dark room and it's like poof, this light comes on and it's like it's like hello, you know, it's like this really big voice. <laughs> what? 
what are you doing here? You know, all this kind of stuff. We come in peace. Just kidding, they don't. But so it's like this big scary voice like that, and they're like, what's going on? And then they, there comes this big, remember how those things look? They're scary. They have like three eyes and these big things with the legs. They walked up, and then the thing opens up, and they look like stuffed animals. <laughs> they're like little Teletubbies that fall out. And they're like, oh, hey, how's it going, brother? You know. <laughs> and then the wife's like, why do you always have to use your big voice? You scare people. But it's like that. Like sometimes we put on the show to pretend that we're somebody we're not, and we don't have to do that. Amen? Eventually, people will figure out who you are, so why not just start being who you're supposed to be right now? Because you're just going to waste time trying to be somebody else, and you're going to find out five, ten years down the road, like, oh, I've, I've spent my whole life trying to be somebody else, doing things exactly how other people do it, or whatever, or wear this, and wear this, I wear the same clothes as this person I want to be like, or I, or, I, or I, for me, like I'm a singer, you know, maybe I'm like trying to sing just like this person. Like sometimes in our practice, I sing like a country singer just for fun. But what if I did that all the time? That's not authentic of me. I'm not a country singer, right? So, so you don't, like, stop, stop the, the show, right? Stop being who you're not being and just be who you are. You don't have to be like anybody else. Just be you. Be original. Original is way cooler. Amen? The way we live our life will tell others where our allegiance lies. I'll give another example of people knowing other people by their actions. So one time, the boys and I and some of our friends, we went down to the beach and we're playing some spike ball. It was really good. And it was really fun. This random person just came up to us and was like, hey, can I, can I play spike ball with you guys? And we're like, you know, in our heads, we're like, no. But, like, <laughs> but we're like, yeah, sure, J- jump in. And so this person starts playing with us and is having fun. And then afterwards, we had our uh, young adult small group that night. And it was like our first one. So we were like, well, you know, let's, let's invite this guy. So we just like, hey, uh, what are you doing tonight at 7 o'clock? You want to come to small group? And he's like, why not? I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> so he rolls up to small group, and he's hanging out with us, having a good time. And he tells me, he's like, bro, I'm not really religious. religious. And I was like, that's cool. Neither am I. So we're fine. And I walk him through the church. He's like, no, no, no. I just, like, don't go to church. I was like, that's fine. We're cool. We're going to meet outside. You don't have to come in the church. <laughs> And so he, but, but he's like, so he's kind of skeptical, but he's having a good time, and we start talking, and, and then Ben starts talking, and, uh, and then this guy looks at Ben, he's like, hey, you play puck or what? And uh, if you don't know what that means, he's basically asking Ben if he plays hockey. So he's like, bro, do you play puck? And he's like, why? He's like, I can just tell by how you talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ben, because Ben didn't, did, Ben didn't describe anything related to hockey. He just starts talking, and the guy just like, but, like interrupted him. He's like, "Hey, do you play puck?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, why?" He's like, "I could just tell by how you talk." How cool would that be if we walked around in our daily lives, and people went up, went up to us and like, "Wait, wait, wait, do you know Jesus?" Yeah, how'd you know? I could just tell by how you talk, right? Or I could just tell by how you live. How cool would that be? Right, that like like Ben, his life, and if you know the Wallaces, it, it, hockey is a big part of their lives, <laughs> and it's awesome. And so for Ben, growing up, his life was so consumed by hockey that even the way he talked and walked and everything, it, it like bled hockey. <laughs> and so, what if we live that type of life? That, that because we are so consumed by Jesus, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we live our life, it just bleeds Jesus. And that's so much better than me. Like, like let's say I look up to. I don't know, someone random. Let's say I look up to Brad Pitt, which I don't, but if I did, and I just was like trying to be like Brad Pitt 
all the time, and I and I dyed my hair like his or whatever, and I and I and I tried to do the same exact facial hair, and I wore the clothes that he wore, and I and I like and I like went through like all these different things, and, and I started trying to talk like he did, and I and I started trying to do all this right. If I did that, I, eventually I'd be so consumed by him that like, bro, you kind of act like Brad Pitt, and and I'd be like, yeah, or like Jim Carrey. When I was a kid, I tried to act like Jim Carrey, so I'd like have these different voices and things, and I'd be like, bro, you could be you could be like just like Jim Carrey. I'm like, oh, thanks, you know, <laughs> whatever. Right, because I was consumed by those things. And so when we were consumed by something, that, that, that's, oh, here's a good thing. I wrote this down in my Bible a couple weeks ago. I just popped in my head. Who knows the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Okay, so real quick, because this isn't in my notes, and so, sorry. But, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, get, they get thrown into a fiery furnace, and then, and, then, and then there's three of them, and then there's four all of a sudden. And they come out, and the, the thing that was amazing is that they weren't even burned, and, the, and then the Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. And I thought to myself, why is it so important that they didn't smell like smoke? Because whatever we are consumed by, we will reek of. So they, they didn't reek of smoke. Why? Because they were not consumed by the fire. And then what happened right after that? The king said, we are all going to worship God, their God. Why? Because they were consumed by him and reeked of him. So for us, and it sounds funny, today I'm wearing a thick shirt, I'm sweating a little bit. What do we reek of? Okay, I'm, it was a joke. <laughs> what do we, what, but, but it's a good question. What, hypothetically, in our daily lives, what do we reek of? What do we, what do we smell like? When people walk past us, what do they get a whiff of? Is it bitterness? Is it stress? Right? Is it anger or is it love and joy and peace and patience and kind? Right? Because what we are consumed by, we will reek of. Amen? People will know if we're really living for Jesus by the way we walk and talk and interact with others. So love and joy. What's next? The next two that we're going to talk about are peace and patience. Number one, peace. Everybody say peace. Peace is hard to attain, especially in our culture today where it's all about the grind and the hustle. Who's ever heard about that? I just got to grind. I just got to hustle my way to the top. I got to grind my way to the top, which is cool. That's great. But it's really hard to live a peace-filled life when we're always trying to hustle to be at the top. Amen? Maybe God will bless us and maybe we'll be successful if we're content in what he's giving us. Amen? John 16, 13 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Jesus is saying this. In me you have, may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's one of the coolest scriptures in the Bible for me. Because Jesus is saying, like, in me you have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. So he's saying, like, I know the world is scary. I know there's things to be anxious about. I know there's things to worry about, but take heart. Have peace because I've already overcome that in your life. Amen? My favorite story about peace in the Bible is when Jesus calms the storm with the disciples. I'm not going to read the whole thing right now. I'm not going to read any of it because I've read it to you before. But it's in Mark 4 if you want to read it later. So I'm going to paraphrase. So basically Jesus is crossing this, this big lake essentially. It's, it, it, or a sea or it acts kind of like an ocean. And so he's crossing this big body of water. And, and because of how it's located and whatever, the winds come in really strong and it can act like really dangerously and the storms can get really big. 
So Jesus and his disciples are going from one side to the other. And on their journey, Jesus is in the back of the boat. The Bible says that he was in the stern. The stern is the back of the boat where you steer. There's this little, what is it called? Rudder. There it is. And he steers. So Jesus is back there. Jesus falls asleep. Peace. I want to get to a place where I can fall asleep in the middle of a storm. Amen. So Jesus falls asleep. The disciples get upset. Why? Because while he falls asleep and stops steering the boat, the boat turns sideways. And water starts coming in. The storm's getting crazy. It's looking bad. They wake up Jesus. Ah, Jesus. They say, don't you care that we're going to die? He says, why do you have so little faith? What are you afraid of? And he gets up. It says, peace be still in the water and the waves and everything. And the wind and it all calms down. And then it says at the end that they were frightened by him and said that even the wind and waves obey him. I've always taken away from this story the fact that Jesus has power to calm any storm in my life, which he does. No matter what storm I walk into, Jesus will calm it for me, right? That's how I thought about for a long time. But recently I've been realizing that Jesus was more bothered by the storm inside the disciples than the storm around the disciples. Jesus was, was, was more worried about the storm that was happening inside of their hearts than he was about the storm that was happening outside of the boat. Because Jesus knew that if you walk with him, you should have peace. So when he said, don't you have any faith, there's a couple things there. He was saying, obviously, don't you have faith that I can call it. But the biggest thing is, don't you just have faith in me? The reason he's saying that is because if the disciples really had faith in Jesus, the storm wouldn't have bothered them. Because Jesus is in the boat. Right now, think about it. If Jesus came back to earth right now and we knew it was him, for sure, Jesus, welcome, how's it going? Jesus said, Brett, let's go on a sailboat. Sounds good. Let's say the, the waves were 200 feet tall. I'm just being so obnoxious with the height, okay? And we're in this little boat. I got to be honest. If Jesus is in the boat, I don't know that I'm going to be afraid. Because I know who he is now. Does that make sense? And so at that point, for the disciples, I'm not saying I'm better than the disciples. I just, the disciples were still figuring it out. <laughs> they didn't have the New Testament to read and to study all the time to say, this is Jesus, for sure. They were still figuring it out. They didn't know who he was. And that's why he said, don't you, why do you have so little faith? Amen? The storms around us may rage, but I have the ability to take control of the storm in my mind, in my heart, and to tell it to be still. I may not always have the power to tell physical storms to be still, but I always have the power to tell the storm inside of me to be still. Amen? Peace. Peace. There's a saying in jiu-jitsu. Uh, there's this guy, Master Carlos Gracie Jr. His dad is Carlos Gracie Sr. He's the guy who founded Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Cool. Great. Awesome. This guy, Master Carlos, he says this saying, and I'm probably getting it wrong, but this is basically what it says. He says, be so strong that nothing can disrupt your peace of mind. We think, oftentimes we think of strength and like... And, is being like angry and I could beat people up. I could do, uh, you know, he says, be so strong that nobody can knock you off your base. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Be so strong in your faith and in your trust in him that even the wildest storm can't scare you. Because you're with Jesus. Amen. It's funny to take biblical lessons from jujitsu or other random things in our lives, but Jesus breathes throughout all the earth. So we'll often hear the echo of his voice in places we don't expect. So how do we find peace? 
Isaiah 32, 17 says, the effect of righteousness will be peace. I'm, I'm, I've never, I never really understood that, but it, it came alive today. The effect of righteousness will be peace. It's simple. Live a righteous life, and the effect is peace. Right? And the result of righteousness is quietness and trust forever. So living a life in pursuit of Jesus will produce peace. Because I know the one who created the wind and the waves in the first place. If I know Jesus, if I have an intimate relationship with Jesus, if I live a righteous and holy life, peace will be all over me. Because I, I know the person who created the wind and the waves. Amen? Number two, patience. Everybody say patience. All right, I'm doing all right. We're good, we're good. I'm at like 13 minutes. Here we go. I was telling Danielle, was it, was it today or yesterday? I don't remember. I think it might have been today. I was telling Danielle, I noticed the last couple of weeks my patience has been like kind of low. And she was so sweet. She's like, it wasn't, it hasn't been low with me. And I was like, oh, thanks, you know. But, so that's good because she's pregnant and that, I would be a bully if I was like really not patient with her and that wouldn't be good. So, all right, I'm not going to do that. And if I do, smack me. She does, don't worry. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. So I was telling, I'm just kidding, I'm totally kidding. Uh, but I was telling her, I was like, I, I, I've noticed my, my patience has been kind of low. And for me, like, I'm, I'm, there's, there's certain areas in my life that I really struggle. Um, but usually, I'm, okay, I'm pretty okay at patience. Like, I have my moments, but, like, I'm, I'm usually pretty good. If you know me, I'm, I'm usually not a person to get, like, just super upset really quick. Uh, if I'm upset, I'm really upset. But, uh, but I usually don't get there. So I, I'm, I was kind of concerned. I was like, what, what's going on? And we know in 1 Corinthians 13, it says love is patient. So I started to get concerned. I was like, am I not loving well? <laughs> you know, why is my patience being tested? And there's been a lot of things happening over the last few weeks and a lot of weird stuff going on and, and things that have been just kind of getting under my skin or whatever and, and things that I've had to deal with, with you know, friends, family, all these other things this last couple of weeks. And so may- maybe that's it. I, I'm not really sure. But I know for sure that I need to fix it. Amen? I know for sure that me not being patient is not a good thing. Why? Because it's not showing the fruit of the Spirit. Because when I'm impatient, I'm anxious. Think about that. When I'm impatient, like when I'm like, I'm anxious. Think about it. Like for whatever reason, anybody, anybody play video games in the room? Okay. So let's say you have like a 32 gigabyte update. <laughs> right when you get on to play with your friends. It happened last night. So <laughs> I, so you, you try to get on, you try to play, and all of a sudden it's like update. And then Ben will be like, hey, Brett, how far is your update? And my Xbox is a dinosaur, so it's like 0.1%. It's been 20 minutes. I'm like, ugh. But you know what happens when I get impatient? I get anxious. I start to feel like, who's ever felt that like tightening in your chest when you get really anxious? I get like that. I'm like, ah. It's stupid. It's a video game. Who freaking cares, you know? I do. I do care. You're right. But when I'm impatient, I'm anxious. So listen, reverse that. If you're anxious, be patient, and you'll find peace. Right? How do I, how do I, but how do I get to that? How do I, how do I get there? Anxiety is brewed from the drip of belief that Jesus doesn't actually know what he's doing. 
anxiety is this, is this slow drip of thoughts that Jesus might not actually be in control. And pretty soon it turns into this puddle of anxiety. Right? Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Most of us, if I'm being real, most of us would be impatient with Jesus if we walked with him, because he walks too slow. Jesus waited 30 years to perform his first miracle. 30 years. He was God that whole time. <laughs> and he, he was Jesus the whole time. And he decided, I'm going to wait 30 years. I haven't waited 30 years for anything <laughs> in my, my entire life. I haven't, even, I haven't waited 25 years for anything. I'm pretty sure I haven't waited like three months for anything. <laughs> Jesus waited 30 years. And so we have to think about that. If we were walking with Jesus, would we be impatient with him because his pace is too slow for us? Because we live in this microwave world. We live in this, ah, oh, 34 gigabyte update, ah, right? We live in that type of world. Everything comes fast, 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 fast. And Jesus sometimes wants to slow brew something in our life. We say, Jesus, let's go. These people are waiting. Come on, come on, come on. Like the story of Lazarus. Jesus, let's go. He's dying. Let's go. And Jesus is like, hey, 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 patience, peace. It will happen in his timing. We have to trust him. So how do you find patience and how do you find peace? It's really hard, but you have to let go of whatever you think you're controlling. If I think I've got control over the direction of my life, if I think I've got control over what happens, and, and if I think, no, listen, listen, people don't have control over your life. Let's start there. So don't ever think that people can, they can't. It's either you or God. Those, those are the only two people that can have any control over your life. Think about it. Nobody else can have any control over your life. It's you or it's God, and the better option is God. So if I release my control, I'm impatient because things aren't happening in my timing. I'm patient because I know it's in his timing and I don't care when it happens. Whenever it happens, it's good. I'll have peace because I know he's in control. I'll, I won't have peace if I think I did something wrong. Amen? So what are you holding on to? What isn't happening in your timing right now? Why isn't God going according to your plan? Because miracles take faith, and obedience is the biggest sign of faith. And obedience is also a sign of trust. So if we're not obedient, it's a really clear sign that we don't trust God. If we trust, we will obey. And with that comes patience. Right? It's like the kids sitting in the back of the car. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> right? And your parents are like, shut up! You know, <laughs> like, we'll get there when we get there. Actually, the first couple times, they're so sweet. Oh, honey, it's going to be a while. Watch a movie, okay? Are we there yet? We're almost there. I promise. It's going to be. Are we there yet? Can you just trust me? <laughs> right? And it's hard because, because we don't know what's going on. We don't have a control. We're beings that want control. But when we, can, when we can get to a place that we release that control, there's so much freedom and there's so much peace in that. There's so much patience in that. 
So I'm here to tell you that this week, here's what you should work on. You should work on letting go. You should work on not worrying about things so much. You should work on trusting God with your life. It's hard. You're saying, yeah, easier said than done, Brett. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. You know how I know? I just told Danielle today that my patience has been low the last couple of weeks. Because all of a sudden, I thought I could take control. I, I can do that easily with a thing like camp. Like, if any of you have been here, you're probably annoyed with me by now because I'm yelling at everybody to get to camp. you got to get to camp. you got to get to camp. you got to get to camp. If I get too far down that road, I can get anxious. And I can get impatient. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to go to camp. I'm going to p- tell you that I promise your life will change if you go to camp. But also, I need to be patient and know that God's got it under control. Amen? So for this week, find peace in Jesus. It's all going to be okay. I promise. Okay? No matter what's going on in your life, Jesus has a hold on it. And it's going to be okay. And be patient with God's plan. You know why? Because it's better than yours. Amen? I'll put my plan, I'll put God's plan together. His plan's better every time. Stand up. Let's pray. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. 20 minutes. I did all right. Hey, yo. I did all right. Everybody give it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, whatever. Hey, but listen. Listen, it j- just, like, just like that story with Ben and that, and that new guy that came to our small group, I want us to live a life chasing after Jesus so much, to be consumed by Jesus so much that when we walk and where we talk and where we interact with people, they say, wait, do you know Jesus? Let that be us. Let us be consumed by who God is. That doesn't mean we have to be, the, like, the, I don't have to walk up. Excuse me, do you know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? No, don't do that. That's weird. Don't do that. Don't tell people about how, water, how cool water is. Just be in the water all the time and they'll want to join you. Amen? You're not supposed to be a Jesus salesperson. You're supposed to be Jesus' friend. You're supposed to be his disciple. So here's how you introduce people to Jesus. You don't tell them about Jesus. Jesus will stand right next to you. Think about this. So let, let's say, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Chris and I'm like, hey, Chris, my friend Ben He's super cool, man. He's really cool. You should get to know him. And he's like, where's Ben? I don't know. But if I walk up to Chris with Ben right next to me, how much easier is that? So walk with Jesus this week. Amen? And if you do so, you'll have love and you'll have joy and you'll have peace and you'll have a whole bunch of patience. Amen? All right, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for today. Lord, we just ask that you would be with us this week. Help us to have peace. Help us to have patience. God, help us to trust you no matter what. And Lord... Help us to sign up for camp because it's going to be awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go.